Arizona Packers. The coin that never flipped. I've never seen it, never heard of it before like that. <laughs> I remember thinking, you can't flip a coin? I've seen a lot of football over my life, and I've never seen a coin that didn't flip. I don't think I've ever heard of a coin going up and not at least turning over once. You could hear the players like, whoa, 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 what, what just happened? I mean, the coin goes in the air, and it's just staying in the air. No, it didn't flip. It didn't flip. It didn't flip. And we're not making this up, we promise, about the coin that did not flip. It saucered, it frisbeed, it levitated, it spun in the air like pizza dough, but it never flipped. And you heard what the guy said, it didn't flip, and it didn't flip. I've seen pizzas flip more than that. <laughs> the coin was pristine, and it led to a great moment. I don't know if the coin should be in the Hall of Fame with the covering. I think that would be a good, good thing to have in the Hall. That coin should be in Canton, Ohio. That coin should be in uh, the Hall of Fame because it never flipped. Hey, if it isn't memorable, we wouldn't be here. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter, and this is Cardinals Folktales, the coin that didn't flip, presented by 72 Soul, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the personal recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case and others, those who covered it. We got the replay right here of the flip. The thing did not turn over. Something unexpected, which was perfect for that game. It's a Cardinal Packers playoff game, so it's just gonna be crazy. It's a tradition now. This is the twilight zone. I don't know how the official doesn't know how to flip a coin. Wow. Cardinals Packers, the second oldest rivalry in the NFL. Yet somehow this series never gets old, especially at State Farm Stadium. This is historic, this football game. They're going to be talking about this game for the next 50 years. Cardinals radio analyst Ron Wolfley, and he's right, as recent history takes us back first to the 2009 postseason. The Cardinals, a year removed from Super Bowl 43 and shocking the world, had more in store for a national TV audience. Well, Rodgers hit, ball came out, Cardinals have it, Dansby, he's going to score, they're going to New Orleans. Carlos Dansby took it away from Aaron Rodgers and took it to the house. An epic game winner dripping with drama, a game also remembered for Cardinals Hall of Fame quarterback, Kurt Warner. Right now, Kurt Warner could throw a Twinkie into a toaster. I mean, this guy is on fire. Kurt Warner throwing more touchdown passes, five, than incompletions, four, outdoing a young Aaron Rodgers, who was victimized by the Big Red D. 17-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Dansby and one of the greatest finishes in NFL playoff history. We have just witnessed NFL history, legend, and lore. As the sideline reporter that day, we all walked out of that building saying to ourselves, well, there's no way it gets any crazier than that. And we would all be proven wrong. Voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash. Going back to the first Green Bay, Arizona playoff game where I thought that was the best playoff game I had ever seen. How do you top that? Well, the Cardinals and Packers topped it several years later. 
Well, it's been six long years, but the wait is finally over. An Arizona Cardinals home playoff game, and it just happens to come against the team the Cardinals last played in the postseason here at University of Phoenix Stadium, the Green Bay Packers. That's how the broadcast opened on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. By the time this one was done, Aaron Rodgers was perplexed and the target of late night hosts like Stephen Colbert. It was confusing. Yeah, it was confusing. It was confusing. Coin tosses aren't supposed to be some random act you can't predict. But before we get to the controversy of the coin flip, singular and improbable, we could also use those words to describe the end of the game itself from 7-6 of the half to the Cardinals up 20-13 with less than two minutes to play, Green Bay facing fourth and 20 from its own four. Rodgers in the end zone, four receivers set, takes the snap, back to throw in trouble, rolling left, he's at the back of the end zone, he steps up, he looks, he launches, middle of the field, and it's caught, Janice in Cardinal territory tackled at the 36-yard line. Again, a 60-yard completion to Jeff Janis. But with five seconds left, Green Bay at the Cardinals 41 with no timeouts. There's no choice but for Aaron Rodgers to do what he does better than anyone, activate launch mode. Former Cardinals cornerback Gerard Powers, who was on that field. We actually practiced that scenario all week. Uh, when you study Green Bay Packers and you study Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you're going to see some of the best throws that you've ever seen a human being make in your life. And he's had several Hail Mary successful attempts like throughout his career. It's not like this is a one-time deal. Like he has a plan about how he goes about throwing Hail Marys. Well, the Cardinals blitz on the final play. Play clock down to two, snap to Rodgers, drops back, he's in trouble. Rolling left, being chased, gets hit, launches it. Middle of the field, in the end zone, it is! Oh my goodness, it's caught! It's caught for a touchdown! You can't be serious! A touchdown for Green Bay! Janice caught it, no time left. We went over the scenario all week on how we were gonna play it, what we we're gonna do. We knew which way he was gonna roll out. We knew uh, what blitz we, we were gonna send to, to, to stop the rollout, make him go the opposite way. We knew all that type of stuff and he still managed uh, to find room and uh, get that ball off. And the Packers with a chance to tire win it here. Oh my goodness. There are no words. When the ball came down, I was like, did he catch that effing ball? That's Kevin Ross, former Cardinals cornerbacks coach. And how, how does that happen? Hail Mary, full of grace, not once, but twice. Everybody was thinking that, including former Cardinals DBs, Rashad Johnson and Gerard Powers, plus, Writers Darren Urban from azcardinals.com and Ken Summers from AZ Central. From our perspective on the back end, like people were closing in on him and then boom, he spins out. How did he escape? <laughs> it was like magic. When that ball was in the air, it was just like Tom just slowed down. You know those moments to where you might be watching NFL films and they, they slow it all the way down to where the ball, you can just see the rotation of the ball and all of that. It was one of them moments. He throws that thing and Rashad and Patrick are both there. Oh, there goes Rashad, there goes Pat, there goes the receiver. Like there's no way that he's gonna come down with this ball. 
And uh, all we can practice, we practice that somebody's the jumper and somebody's the bat down guy. Uh, if you watch that clip, Rashad's trying to bat the ball. He's trying to do everything that, that we coached him to do. And I'm looking over at Patrick Peterson and I'm thinking, okay, he's in good position right here. So I'm gonna play up through his hands and he's gonna play from the back end. And the guy catches it and it seems like, you know, Pat hits it at the perfect time. And I'm a little late coming through the front and he pushes it kind of right into his belly, it feels like. And what a crazy play. I guess it was one of those moments to where when uh, you can literally hear your coach say, like, I told you so. You practice that situation. You hope that this, it never comes down to that situation. But when that thing happened, I was like, wow, I, I couldn't believe it. It was the craziest. We were in position to make a play and we didn't make it. To think this happened, twice now for the Packers, twice. I was like the rest of the stadium. I was stunned and I thought to myself, freaking Aaron Rodgers, how does he keep getting all these Hail Marys to work? I guess they played Hail Mary, Hail Mary. I didn't even know that worked, but I guess with Aaron Rodgers, anything works. <laughs> Nobody said a word. We were just sitting on the bench like, oh my gosh, like in the playoffs, we just gave Rocket Man another chance to beat us. So they had all the momentum in the world. It was one of those moments where, you know, like the air goes out of the stadium, you know, life is sucked out of you, as they say, um, and you could feel it. It was a big deflation. When that happened, the second Hail Mary and, you know, Packers had so much momentum going, I thought the Cardinals are not gonna win this. They've got Aaron Rodgers on their side. They've got some magic on their side. And we have overtime in the divisional round. Just unthinkable, unthinkable. You know, I thought if the, if the Packers get this ball, it's gonna be over, Aaron Rodgers was that hot. There was a general like, oh crap, this is all gonna to end tonight. Cardinals Packers tied at 20 now. The Cardinals defense shell-shocked by two long Hail Marys. Players picking up the pieces on the sideline Rashad Johnson and Gerard Powers. We got to shake it off. We got to refocus. We got to get ourselves together because if they get the ball first, we got to get a stop and they got momentum. So we're kind of all on the sideline, readjusting our mindset to where, you know, we're not even looking at the coin toss. It might be bad to say this now, but I remember just looking at everybody and thinking like, man, we better win this coin toss. Like we have to win the coin toss and get ball first because if we have to go back on the field first, I don't know mentally uh, we was prepared for it just because that play literally took the air out of the stadium. The Red Sea was mentally exhausted. No way it could get any crazier until it did. Before overtime even starts, Mike Leach went out to midfield with his fellow captains for the coin toss. Yeah, you're standing there and they get to call it, so it's out of your hands at that point. And obviously they, they call tails and, and Cleet Blakeman throws that that coin up and I'll, I'll never forget clear as day you can see the coin just it floats up and it floats down and never flip you could hear the players like whoa whoa, whoa what what just happened i mean the coin goes in the air and it's just staying in the air and it doesn't turn over i think there was a look of panic in, in cleve lakeman's face for a second and he just i think he repeated three or four times it didn't flip it didn't flip it didn't flip no it didn't flip it didn't flip it didn't flip oh my goodness cleat this is this is unreal it is heads what the ball this crew should be benched right now. Gee, do you think I was a little emotional? <laughs> Probably was something you wouldn't say on a national broadcast, that the officials should be benched. You can't even flip the coin in overtime? Come on. 
If the Cardinals had lost the coin toss, I probably would have lost it. I clearly was close. I was obviously very close to, to losing my mind. And I looked at it, and it didn't flip. I don't know how the official doesn't know how to flip a coin. Wow. I, I'm, I'm scared to think of what I might have said on the air. I might not be sitting here with you guys right now. <laughs> I, I, may not be a, I may not be a broadcaster anymore, because who knows what I would have said. I was not real thrilled with Cleet. No question, Dave, but Dave Pash spoke for everyone not at midfield. I mean, name a game where one team wins three coin flips in one game. Name a football game period where there's more than two coin flips. I mean, there's a coin flip to begin the game, and if needed, there's a coin flip to start overtime. There's no such thing as double OT in the NFL. Once again, here's former long snapper Mike Leach, followed by Cardinals VP Mark Dalton and Ken Summers. And he just grabs it and flips it up again right away. He flips it a second time. No, Arizona's won. They're going to receive. You know, as I've gone back and looked at the replay, you could see Aaron Rodgers arguing about it. Yeah, the Packers QB called the entire episode a, quote, debacle in his post-game presser, as chronicled on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Cleet had it... Uh on heads, he was showing heads, so I called tails, and he didn't, it didn't flip, it just tossed up in the air and did not uh, turn over at all and landed in the ground, so we obviously thought that was uh, not right. He picked the coin up and flipped it to tails, and then he flipped it without giving me a chance to, to make a recall there, but it was confusing. If you've done the conditioning and have your playbook memorized, you should win any coin toss. Aaron Rodgers' point here is that maybe the Cardinals wouldn't have won it the second time if he'd been given a second chance to call heads or tails. Rodgers contending that he based his first call on how ref Cleet Blakeman was holding the coin. Clearly, he always calls the side of the coin that's not facing up. If you do that, you're going to win half the coin tosses every time. That's 50-50 odds, not bad. Yeah, it's tough. We, we, you know, we've lost a few of these over the years uh, where you don't touch the ball in overtime. From ticked-off Aaron to a puzzled Darren, it's a confounding coin conundrum. Honestly, I, I don't even know how it's possible. I know I've had people describe kind of what happened, but I still find it hard to believe. Like, I feel like to have it happen, you actually have to like really work hard to make it happen. And if you don't work hard to make a coin not flip, which is hard enough as it is, I don't even know how it, the physics work. Well, maybe it was physics because it was more than just the coin that went into the air. Do we have a case of a compromise coin? Here's Mark Dalton and Mike Leach who started investigating. Somebody had written a sidebar about the coin flip and what happened. And I think it was Clay Matthews had a quote in there. He said, it might have been that plastic case that affected it. And I'm like, what is, what, is he, what is he talking about? I don't think the protective plastic covering was ever taken off the coin. And it was a piece of tape, I think, on one side that, that marked which side was tails. The shield side is heads, the T side is tails. The shield is heads, the T side is tails. Green Bay visiting team, it's your choice. So he says the T side will be tails. I'm like, what's the T side? Well, I didn't know and went back and found the coin and there's the coin and it's got a piece of white tape with a letter 
T for tails written in Sharpie on, on, on that side of the coin. After some experimentation again with some, some people in the building here, if you took it out of the case, it flipped every time, but it was, you know, so, some experimentation. I think that coin, if you kept it in a case, you could get it to throw up and not flip over. I don't know what it did to the weighting or the balance of the coin, but, um, you know, the protective covering, I think, is what led to it not flipping over. You heard that right. Cleet Blakeman never removed the coin from its case. All the while, most players never even noticed the coin chaos. On the sideline, nobody's aware what happened with the coin flip until after the game, you know, we're out eating dinner and we're watching the highlights and ESPN and all that stuff. So we wasn't aware. And because of what just happened took place, I don't even think we even noticed that the coin flip and stuff was happening. We were literally kind of in our own zone just because we thought we gave up the game. The entire defense thought like, man, we just gave up this game. What's interesting is that the NFL rulebook contains detailed instructions for a coin toss, but does not mention a requirement that a coin must flip. Mark Dalton, I remember after the fact, talking to Mark and, you know, the, the, the details guy that he is, he said in, in, the, in the rulebook it said the coin must be tossed. It never said it had to flip. And it's worth noting the NFL did issue a statement Without ever saying if Cleet Blakeman was right or wrong, an official spokesman saying about the coin not flipping, quote, there is nothing in the rule book that specifies this, but the referee used his judgment to determine that basic fairness dictated that the coin should flip for the toss to be valid. That is why he retossed the coin. You know, it's just the way it goes. It comes down to a coin flip sometimes after a long, uh, hard-fought game, back and forth, uh, bizarre plays made by both teams. and. Unfortunately, it comes down to that. Actually, what it came down to was Larry Legend making plays. Not bizarre, just Larry being Larry, this time in OT. Palmer takes the snap, play action pass. Palmer setting up, he's in trouble, he's hit. Gets out of there, rolls right, throws back to the left. Fitz is wide open, caught at the 35, nobody's there. He's at the 40, at the 50. Larry's moving and he cuts back across field and that was the moment when we were like, oh, it's a big play. Turns up field at the 45, at the 40, 35, stiff arms 30, 25, 20. Fitz to the near side, 10, to the five and tackled there. Carson Palmer somehow got out of trouble and found a wide open Fitz, 75 yards. Oh, baby, Carson Palmer somehow got out of pressure's way and saw Larry Fitzgerald on the other side of the field. And then Larry Fitzgerald, the legend, took over and did the rest. We're just all having that fan's reaction, knowing that, hey, this is a chance to put it away. Oh, my goodness. Look at the desperation of Larry Fitzgerald just running the ball like a savage. Probably the most determined I'd ever seen anybody to try to get in the end zone. You know, he was, you know, he's made so many great plays in his career, but, you know, there was a different look about the way he was running with that ball that he knew he wanted to take that one and end the game right there. And almost did, um, but it was really fitting and I think uh, appropriate that they would call a play for Larry a couple plays later to let him be the one to score and um, really made the story, I think, that much better. We come with the shovel pass that was a great call. Snap to Palmer, rolls out, and it's a pitch to Fitz, running straight ahead into the end zone of the shovel pass for the touchdown and the win. The Cardinals advance to the NFC Championship game on a shovel pass of all things in one of the craziest games ever.
Hits on the shovel pass, scores, and the Cardinals win it in overtime, 26 to 20. Larry does it again, he walks in. I mean, you would think that you would put somebody on him at that point in time based on what just happened, but hey, we'll take it. The Cardinals answer, answered Aaron Rodgers' Hail Marys with a couple of Hail Larrys. And the energy in that building at that moment was just shy of the Cardinals winning the NFC Championship 2008. Talking to my wife and, and kids about the game, they, you know, I had you know, family in town and friends, and, and they said it, their ears were ringing for a week. They couldn't believe how loud it was in the excitement as Larry was running, just people hugging each other that had never met each other. It was just a, a surreal moment. Players going nuts on the Cardinals' sideline. My favorite part of that 75-yard catch and run, by the way, was the no-look stiff arm. How great was that? As if Larry was looking into a rearview mirror and he saw the defender tailgating on his bumper. Boom, he just gave him the stiff arm. And after Larry put that game on ice and before he left that field, we pulled up alongside with the mic. How would you describe that win? It's a great team effort. You know, guys really contributed. We never hung our head. We kept fighting. And that's what it's all about, man. We got we got next week, we got to get ready and prepare. Larry, what is it about you in the postseason? I got a great coach that designed plays for me to get me open. I'm thankful for that. Congratulations. Cardinals win 26-20. Four quarters and another crazy coin that separated in overtime where the Packers never touched the ball. And arguably the biggest takeaway to this day, what's the flipping deal with the coin not flipping? something unexpected, which was perfect for that game. I don't think I've ever heard of a coin going up and not at least turning over once. <laughs> I remember thinking, you can't flip a coin? I've seen a lot of football over my life, and I've never seen a coin that didn't flip. That coin should be in Canton, Ohio. That coin should be in uh, Hall of Fame, because it never flipped. The coin was pristine, and it led to a great moment. I don't know if the coin should be in Hall of Fame with the covering. I think that'd be a good, good thing to have in the Hall. Cardinals Folktales, the coin that didn't flip, presented by 72 Soul. We hope you enjoyed reliving this moment, this bizarre chapter in Cardinals history. For producer Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi. Thanks for joining us, everyone.